This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcast to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. My name is Walker Wildman. AFR.net is our website. The goal of the show here is to cover all the news and expose the deception uh, out of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And boy, did I not think we would be where we are today just a couple months ago. But we are here and uh, we're going to cover it. A couple things before we jump into the content, the news of the week. Don't forget to download the AFR app on your app store. It's free, and it's a great way to get content, good content from American Family Radio. Just go to your app store and type in AFR. You can download the AFR app for free. We have it on uh, Apple devices, Android devices, Apple TV, Roku, and a couple other places. So go to your app store, type in AFR. Uh, Lastly, you can uh, subscribe to my podcast on, on there on your device. Just go to your podcast store, wherever you listen to podcasts, type in Exposing Washington, click the subscribe button, and you'll get my show there every week at your convenience. You can listen uh, to the show and get uh, the latest of what's going on in Washington, D.C., the latest news and information, all from a Christian perspective, all through a biblical lens. The, the momentum is building for the Democrats to continue their radical anti-American agenda. And I've told you in weeks past, this, the, the, the Democrats, they're the party against America. They are the enemy within. And anyone who thinks that that's too extreme of a statement is naive or wildly misled. The Democrats are, they, they are the party against America, the party that wants to bring America down, the enemy within, as I just said. This $1.9 trillion spending package is a disaster. And to be fair, the Trump administration and the Republicans They weren't all too conservative either when it came to spending, and I talked about it at the time. I do think it is hypocritical when Republicans pass billions of billions of dollars in wasteful spending and brag about it, and then the Democrats get in charge, and all of a sudden we're fiscal hawks, we're conservatives, we're the Tea Party. 
I think spending money we don't have is a bad idea, whether there's a Republican in the White House or a Democrat in the White House. Probably one of the biggest failures of the Trump administration and Congress at the time was reigning in spending. I was actually hopeful on day one in 2017 that the Trump administration administration would do more to rein in spending. But they didn't. And it didn't help that Congress was unwilling to rein in spending. The president only has so much power. It is the Washington apparatus, the congressional swamp, and the bureaucrats that are all for big spending and stuffing their pockets with special interest money. And at this point, I think the gravy train of trillions and trillions being spent on wasteful things is going to continue until there is some sort of reckoning that is beyond the control of Washington, D.C. And I'm afraid even then, they'll try to fix the problem with more money because that's what they do. But to prove how out of control the Democrats are, (laughs) I'm going to play a clip here of a Republican Senator Mike Rounds talking about how the Republicans were willing to spend upwards of $600 to $800 billion in in a spending bill. And the Democrats didn't even want to negotiate. Let's listen to clip one. This is Senator Mike Rounds. This is going to be a $1.9 trillion long-term payment plan that's going to do a lot of left-wing activity for us uh, that we didn't want. We suggested that if they really wanted to work with Republicans, we would start at $600 billion for additional relief, including extended unemployment benefits and so forth, more for vaccines, more for testing. We were all basically in agreement with that. But in this particular case, the Democrats want to do something that will extend and provide them with a slush fund for the next four to five years. That means that they can change the appropriations process, reduce the amount that they want that we would like to see in for armed services activity and still be able to have a slush fund left over for some of their causes. This is not a good way to do business. There you go. Senator Mike Rounds saying we were willing to start negotiating at 600 billion and the Democrats didn't even want to talk. Because the Democrats aren't interested in bipartisanship. They're not interested in unity. Otherwise, they would have went to the negotiating table with the Republicans. This legislation has nothing to do with the pandemic. Estimates are that roughly 9% of the bill... $2 trillion, 9% of it, actually deals with pandemic-related matters. By the way, the pandemic that's not here anymore, it's gone. The rest of the money was spent on other items. I told you months ago that the Democrats were holding out. Remember President Trump and the Democrats couldn't, couldn't agree on another bill? 
This is in the last few weeks of the Trump administration, or the last few months. And I told everyone here on the show, I said the Democrats are holding out for a blue state bailout. They want billions of dollars to go to these failed Democrat-run states to bail out their budgets because they don't know how to run their state. I told you that that's what was going on, and President Trump did not give in. He did not bail out the blue states. And that was good. He held his ground. Well, Biden gets in the White House now, and what's the first thing they do? Bail out the blue states. That's why if, if, you're, if you're a citizen out there, if you're a voter and you think, oh, the Democrats just care about everybody, they're just going to give everybody money. No, the, the money that they're giving to, to, to the public is just the money to keep everybody quiet. The real money, the billions, is going to the blue states, the Democrat-run states. And like I said last week, we are encouraging bad behavior. That is what Washington is notorious for. People don't know how to do things. The Democrats don't know how to run a state budget. They mess it up. They go into hundreds of millions of debt, sometimes billions in the state. And then Washington comes along and they pay all their bills. It's ridiculous. It's insanity. And so that just remember, that's what this is all about. That's what the $2 trillion is about. It's about paying, footing the bill of New York, of Illinois, footing the bill for New Jersey, footing the bill for Connecticut, footing the bill for California, footing the bill for Oregon and Washington, and all the other Democrat-run states who can't simply balance their budget. One of the most fundamental tasks of government is to balance their budget and pay their bills. But they can't even do that. And here we are, the rest of America, those of us who actually know how to balance a budget and control our spending, we're bailing out the ones who don't. That's what the $2 trillion was all about. And what we're learning now is that the money that's going to states across the country, it is, it has different details and contingencies in place than the previous bills or laws or legislations. This bill, instead of sending money per capita or per state population, This legislation that the Democrats just passed is sending money to different states, guess what, based on the unemployment rate. Well, why is that important, Walker? Well, that's important because the Democrat-run states have the worst unemployment rates. The unemployment rates in Democrat-run states, the rates are terrible. Because they've had their economies shut down for 12 months. So what does this mean? It means the blue states are going to get the most money. 
So if you keep your state shut down, if you destroy your economy and small businesses, then we're going to send you the most money. We're going to send you the most money. This bill will go down in history as the blue state bailout. The blue state bailout. Speaking of other legislation, there's this bill in the House of Representatives. It's actually already passed the House of Representatives. It's headed to the Senate. And it's called H.R. 1. And you've probably heard a little bit about this. If you haven't, I'm going to kind of break it down for you. House Resolution 1 or Senate Bill 1. This legislation is probably, it's on up there with the Equality Act on the threat that it is to our country. And this bill will federalize all elections. It will get the hands of the federal government into all of our elections. It will destroy. You thought we had voter integrity, election integrity problems in 2020? You wait and see if this bill passes. It prevents states from cleaning their voter rolls, from removing ineligible voters. It allows same-day voter registration, which means, guess what? We can't check, we can't check the registrations against our current rolls to see if this person's even an eligible voter. It does things like allows this vote by mail across the country. The other thing it does, which this is horrendous, is it provides a six-to-one match on federal campaign money. If someone gives $100 to their local representative or their local candidate, guess what? The federal government will send $600 to match that $100. So my tax dollars, your tax dollars will be funding the campaigns of the Democrats at a six-to-one match. The last thing that this bill will do, or one of the few other things that this bill will do, should it become law, is it will make nonprofit organizations like the American Family Association, it will make the, us give over our donor database, our list of donors, to the federal government so they can post it on their website. So they can dox all of our financial supporters. And every other nonprofit across this country, every other organization, nonprofit organization, would have to give up their donors, their names and addresses of their donors, so that the federal government can post that on their website. I wonder why they need that information. Probably so they can threaten and intimidate people. The, if you think this bill will not become law, or if you're saying, well, Walker, don't they have like the filibuster and it's going to prevent all this bad stuff from becoming reality? 
Well, yeah, there is this thing called the fake filibuster where they need 60 votes to pass pass most legislation. But here's what's going on now. Now they're talking about getting rid of that. And what do they need to get rid of it? 51 votes to get rid of this filibuster so that they can pass any bill they want in the Senate. And we saw this coming where now the Democrats are framing this this H.R. 1 as a civil rights issue. This is a voting rights issue. This is the civil rights issue of our day. This is like the 1960s. That's what... That's how they're trying to frame this. Just to sum this up in one sentence, this legislation will expand voter fraud across the country. It will expand voter irregularities, voter fraud, illegal voting all across the country. It will nationalize these scandalous elections that the Democrats like to run. Let's listen to Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina trying to frame this as a civil rights issue and saying we need to nuke the filibuster so we can pass this bill. Clip two, let's listen. We should bring attention to the fact that as we have done uh, with the budget, using the so-called bird rule under reconciliation so you can move the budget forward without in the filibuster. We need to do the same thing with civil rights and voting rights. These fundamental constitutional principles that we know that there are certain areas of the country that have been denied these constitutional rights and in many instances uh, doing everything they can uh, to make it harder for people to participate in them. I think that what the president did today will call attention of the American people to this very critical issue, uh, situation, and I hope uh, we will take advantage of it going forward. And Congressman, if not through reconciliation, does it then mean that we need to, uh, that Senate needs to reckon with um, the filibuster? Well, that's what I mean. Uh, the filibuster itself uh, ought to be modified and not be able to apply to civil rights and voting rights. There you have it. James Clyburn, congressman from South Carolina, says we need to put the filibuster aside and we need to pass this legislation with a simple majority in the name of civil rights. The move is on, folks. The push is on. The pressure is on. We basically have two Democrat senators holding all of this up, Senator Joe Manchin in West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema from Arizona. There, th- that that's the the uh, the thin line. Two senators preventing the Democrats from getting rid of the filibuster and passing any and all legislation they want to pass. And if you thought it was just one congressman floating this idea, you're wrong. Now we have a U.S. senator floating the same idea, framing this as a civil rights issue, even though it's not. Let's listen to clip three. This is Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia talking about how the filibuster is going to bring us to a reckoning that we can't deal with. Clip three, let's listen. 
this is going to be the biggest battle on the floor of the Senate since the Civil Rights Acts of the 1960s. Because you're right, uh, after Joe Biden won and after President Trump's big lie that he didn't was revealed to be a sham, what's happening in states with Republican governors and legislatures is a dramatic effort to roll back voting rights so that uh, we can we can squeeze and choke the electorate so they can't participate. HR1 and S1 are bills to make sure we protect people's rights to vote. And um, that bill passed out of the House and now on the Senate. Uh, we're, we are going to take it up in the Senate in committee and on the floor. And we're gonna let the Republicans show what they think about voters and participation. Um, and look, if they decide that they wanna block voters and participation, the same way that the filibusterers in the 1960s did, mm -hmm. then we're gonna have a moment of reckoning on the floor of the Senate to decide whether Senate rules are more important than people's rights and ability to participate in this democracy. Well, there you have it. We're gonna have a, a reckoning on the Senate floor about whether, whether the filibuster is more important than civil rights. That's the new lie coming out of Washington, D.C., the new deception coming out of our nation's capital is that na nationalizing elections, federalizing all elections, making voter fraud rampant, making illegal voting rampant is a civil rights issue. You know, this is the same party that wants everybody to have a vaccine ID They want everybody to have a vaccine ID. They want uh, they want to put up this wall. They've got this wall around the nation's capital, even though there's no no evidence that there's a threat to the capital. They want you to use an ID when you go to the airport. Like I said, they're wanting people to carry around these these little COVID cards showing you've been vaccinated, you've been shot up with this COVID vaccine. They want to allow people to cross the border illegally without any identification. They want people to be able to vote without any form of identification. But yet they want people to carry around these vaccine cards. Now, what kind of hypocrisy is that? The, the excuses that Democrats give when they vote against forms of election integrity, such as having a driver's license or other state-issued ID when you go to the ballot box, they say, oh, that's discriminatory, that's racist, that's bigoted, you're just trying to block people from voting. It makes me oddly suspicious at what all the Democrats are doing. Carrying a driver's license or other state-issued ID to the ballot box to vote is one of the most simple requests one could make. And then the Democrats, they always go on defense here and they go, well, you know, you know, minorities just can't get to the, to the, to the DMV. They just can't get to the DMV to get their ID. And then Biden goes the other day, well, 
you know, blacks, they just don't know how to how to get online to get their vaccine. What? Yes, Joe Biden, the president, said that. He said minorities don't know how to get on the Internet and sign up to get an appointment for a vaccine. What? If I said that, if you said that, if anybody else said that, we would be canceled from society. Because that is racist. That's stereotyping against black people, saying that they're too dumb to use the Internet. That is insulting. And that reveals how many Democrats view minorities. They view them as less than. They view them as incapable of getting a driver's license to go vote. They view them as incapable of getting on the Internet to register for an appointment to get the vaccine. Can you imagine if former President Trump said that about minorities? He would have been impeached before the sun went down by both parties. But Joe Biden can say the most racist things and he just sails on through, gets on by. Nobody touches him. Got the kid gloves on. The way the media is letting him get away, he's over 50 days without doing a press conference. Over 50 days without doing a press conference. And then he does this speech from the White House on Thursday night, and all the media and some conservatives, oh, that was the best speech ever. Kudos to the Biden for doing a speech. It was 22 minutes. President Trump used to speak for two hours. And the media used to complain, oh, Trump's not open to the press. He won't take any questions. Trump's failing to do press conferences. He won't come to the press briefing room. The Trump administration is being so secretive. Well, here Joe Biden is. Hadn't held a press conference in 50-plus days. And we've got a few people in the media calling him out on it, but not near enough. You know why he's not doing a press conference? Because he probably is not in a position to take questions. And this is not aimed at Joe Biden, the president himself, but more so the people who propped him up and put him where he is today. The elephant in the room is this. We have a president, a commander-in-chief, who from what, what the public can see is unable to take questions at a press conference. Unable to talk to the public without everything being scripted. How can this same person, the commander-in-chief, make national security issues every day affecting our country? Who is running the country? That's the question. Who is running our country? Exposing Washington American Family Radio. Check out our website, AFR.net. We'll be back next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.